Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. gifted, prophetic, hallelujah, woman of God, Dana Zile Schrader. There's just a lot of electronic things happening. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So thanks for the patience while I get all that set up. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll get going here. Okay, good. Um, and uh, as a lot of you were here for the women's conference, what a blessing. Hallelujah. You guys are so hungry. Wow. And uh, I've already been, like, we've been talking to Pastor Bruce and stuff, getting those services even downloaded because we got some messages now because you guys were full and like wild animals. Hallelujah. <laughs> And so um, I would ask you again to pray that funny little prayer that we prayed uh, about unction. So I would ask that you would raise one hand towards heaven as an act of faith. Again, anyone watching live or on a rebroadcast, whether you have sweatpants on or not, if you do this little act, it will change how you hear and what you hear. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we magnify the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, that we just sang about. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is the name above every name. It was the name that was given by inheritance, by bestowal, and then by conquest. He even won his own name back. Hallelujah. All glory and honor to the name of Jesus. And now we pray uh, in accordance with um, Ephesians 6, 18 and 19 as the apostle prayed. We ask that you would grant to us unction this morning. We ask that you'd open my mouth to make known the mystery of the gospel as it ought to be made known with all boldness, that I would speak it boldly as I ought to. And we ask you, God, that my love would also abound and extend itself into comprehensive discernment and knowledge, that this morning I would approve the things that are highest and best and of real value, being pure, untainted, blameless, sincere, yet without offense. Approaching the day of Christ, not stumbling, and never causing other people to stumble. 
being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, that thy glory would be manifested and also recognized. Hey, big prayer there. Hallelujah. And so now let's lift the other hand if you want to. Hallelujah. And we're going to give him a shout of faith before we ever hear one word uttered. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I appreciate what Pastor Bruce was saying about in the day we live in, that God is your provider. He's your physician. He is your psychiatrist. He is your uh, <clears throat> financier. Hallelujah. He's your family counselor. Hallelujah. And so he truly is. So we were looking at an odd scripture for a woman's conference, but we can go to Luke 21, 28. Luke 21, 28. Okay, so we'll actually start at Luke 21, 25. Hallelujah. It says there <clears throat> in Luke 21, 25, and there's going to be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and in the earth, distress of nations. Have we seen any of that lately? Totally. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Anytime you see this in this context... Um, waters are many times indicative of multitudes of people. And so this is uh, what the ocean looks like. We live near the ocean, and it's never still like a lake. It's always moving. And so the masses are like that right now. They keep moving and tossed and turned, and the tides change, and it's ever uh, pounding against the shores trying to change that line of demarcation of how far it can come inland. <laughs> and so this is what the world is like right now. And men's hearts failing them from fear. This is what's happening with a lot of people saved and unsaved. Yes, yes. And this is what we're going after today. Hallelujah. And so it's interesting here. Um, it, it, th this is saying that they're fearful because of the stuff. We're not supposed to be fearful because of stuff. And I don't mean that to condemn anyone. I mean we just realign ourselves to make sure that we know that he's our provider, our healer, our protector, and the one who is the author and finisher of our faith to help us finish our course. We're in a different kingdom. We're just visiting. Hallelujah. And so the hearts, uh, men's hearts, and that's why if we get into victory and purpose every day to walk by faith and love, all these other people will look at us. Yes, there'll be signs, wonders, and miracles, but they'll look at us and be like, why aren't they afraid? And they will come to the brightness of your shining. Amen. Glory to God. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things that are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Uh, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when all these things begin to happen, yeah. it doesn't say that they already fulfilled or anything. It just means when this stuff starts happening. So we qualify right now, right? When these things begin to happen, uh, start just really fighting with it and try to control it and build heaven on earth. That's really not what the Bible says at all. <laughs> Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up 
because your redemption's getting really close. So the way we broke this apart in the women's conference is this is the correct response to what's happening in the world. Not to look at the world, to look at him. And it takes the power of God to do that. It takes the power of the word and the spirit to do that. It takes the power of the word and the spirit to look away from all that and look up towards him into victory and then look straight ahead so you can walk on into it. You see this? Though a thousand or ten thousand around me, hey, it's we're going another way. Hallelujah. And so look up and lift up. So what I encourage you to do, look up scriptures that cover your personal needs. Then... I wrote this, I got this this morning. Then lift that scripture up to God in an attitude of thanksgiving until it lifts you up in edification. I'm going to say it again. Look up a scripture. Find a scripture about your kids. Find a scripture about your home life. Find a scripture about finances. Find a scripture about healing. Uh, Find a scripture about, uh, as uh, Miss Joy was saying, a house. Just find it. He didn't tell you to uh, figure out how to get it. He said to just get it and look at it. That's it. The starting first steps of faith, the first strongest step of faith is to look up a scripture. Hallelujah. Decide what you're going for. Doesn't mean it's the ultimate thing, but at least start. And then take a step by starting to thank God for it with your scripture like it already came to pass. And as you look up that scripture... And put that picture on your vision board. You look it up. You look up the scripture. And then you lift up the scripture until it lifts you up. And as you do that, you will not be affected by the world around you. But you will affect the world around you. Are you with me? Which is the ultimate goal. Why else are we here? Are you with me? And so, for example, with Joy's house. Um, so we have houses on our vision board. What were we talking about vision board? Just get a bulletin board, man, and some push pins. Start sticking stuff up there. If you need dental work, stick it up there. If I put a habit up there. I want to start getting up at a certain time to do certain things. I put that habit up there. Uh, um, uh, a house. We have a picture of a beach house for Santa Barbara. We have a picture of a beautiful house for Branson, Missouri we want. We have a picture of a building. We have a picture of a car. We have all kind. We have a picture of a church member up there. We have a picture of a worship leader up there. Not that we're coveting, but we want something like. You can think of so many things up there, can't you? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And just put them up there. Look at it. Look at it, and then look up a scripture to match it, and then lift up the scripture <laughs> and start lifting it up. Hallelujah. So at the house, Father. I thank you. You said you'd supply all my needs according to your riches and glory uh, uh, by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father God. Uh, I don't even know if I have any house scriptures. You got one? Anybody got a house scripture? What? He goes to prepare a mansion for me. Hallelujah. That's a good one, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, is it great will be the peace of thy house or something like that? Um, find a house scripture right uh um well houses lands that's what we're believing for we got in our we've got it in our uh confessions hallelujah he's bringing us our buildings uh, our houses our lands our equipments and our vehicles and it is covered by my god shall supply your need you go find it i'm reading a book by gloria copeland right now how to get a house so you know 
find your own scripture, amen. But you can begin to worship him for that. Oh, Father, I thank you that, uh, I thank you that you said you go to prepare a place for me. Hallelujah. And I thank you, you have a house for me. I thank you, you supply all my needs. So I thank you no matter what it looks like or feels like, I thank you for my Santa Barbara Beach House. I thank you for my, uh, my Branson vacation home. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Holla thank you, Father. I thank you, you're supplying me with my house. I thank you, Father, for our Santa Barbara Beach House. I thank you, Father God, for our Branson home. I thank you we're getting our buildings, our houses, our lands, our equipments, and our vehicles, even that we did not build, but my God supplies them for me. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. My house shall be called a house of prayer. I thank you we got a house. We got a house. We own a house that we can pray and say and run up and down the hallelujah hallway all that we want. I thank you for my house. I thank you for my houses. Woo! So right there, see, I didn't have a house scripture. But I, uh, we kind of looked one up, didn't we? What you got? What do you got? No, the real thing is you want to look it up in your book. Amen. And you want to write it down and stick it on the board next to what your, your picture is. But we tried it here, just raw. So we had a scripture, scripture. And so I raw uh, looked up a scripture, sort of, and then I started to lift it up. In the beginning, it didn't look very lifty, did it? <laughs> when I say lift, I mean lift it up, and then the Holy Ghost will seize on that, give you peace and joy, and start lifting you up right. into joy. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Look up the scripture, then lift it up till it lifts you up. Did you see that happen while I was doing that? Yeah, good, good, good. I got a scripture from you guys, <laughs> and I started to lift it up. And as I lifted it up, all of a sudden, the vo my tone of my voice changed. I got other ideas. Oh, my house shall be called a house of prayer. I thank you, Father God, for our house where I can pray and say and run the hallelujah hallway. Hallelujah. And then you pray what you think. So we thank you for our Santa Barbara Beach House. We thank you for our Branson House. And then you go back into that scripture again because it dredges up more peace and joy. Hallelujah. And so I look up my scripture, then I lift it up till it lifts me up. And in doing that, <clears throat> the world can't pull me down. In doing that, the world is not my, uh, what do you call it? You set the hahaya the thermostat. The world is not my thermostat. I set my thermostat. And then the atmosphere changes. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So um, look up your scripture, then lift it up till it lifts you up, and you'll go on with the plan and purpose of God. Are you with me? Okay, so the reason I'm saying that is because, well, <laughs> look at where we're at right now, right? And people watching the news is splitting churches everywhere. The news is not your source. Hallelujah. So um, uh, now I went back and looked at some old timers. Uh, uh, John Wesley and John Whitfield. They were preachers crisscrossing the United States uh, right about the time of the Revolutionary War. Now, I did my paper at Ramah on Wesley. He never said one word about the Revolutionary War. He never said anything about telling those colonists they need to form a new nation. They just were preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. And on the back side of that, they're making friends with Benjamin Franklin and George Washington. Let them do what they do. 
Let the preachers do what they do. Let the Christians do what they do. They preach the gospel. But I went and read some stuff about it, and it said because those preachers were just preaching the gospel. They weren't preaching politics. They were preaching the gospel. It, it caused the first awakening, which many people think fueled the Revolutionary War, and a new nation was born. Are you with me here? Don't get into a fight that's not yours. Uh, Wigglesworth, I just did a script about him. He was uh, there ministering during World War I. Uh, I read a lot about him and his writings. He never talked about World War I. He just said, well, I can't go there because of that country because of World War I, so I'm going to get on the ship and go to Australia. Are you with me here? I'm not saying there aren't world wars, and if you really are serious about the nations, if you really are serious about the government, if you are really serious about affecting uh, nations and the turmoil and the wars that are happening, you come tonight. <laughs> you come tonight. Because the same faith you use here in your own personal life then will convert over to go through scriptural doorways to really affect nations. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are you with me? We don't pray what the news says. We pray what he says. Amen. But if you pray the way he says, you'll go right into the midst of things and be praying out things before they ever happen. Yeah. My husband said when Christians try to pray according to the news, they're already late. <laughs> but tonight, if you mean business, we'll, we'll tear it down for you. Hallelujah. How to do this and really make some changes. But the first thing is to make sure... Our life, the most powerful thing you can do to affect the world is find the plan and purpose of God and believe God to do the will of God and that your knee works, that your healing is coming forth, your prosperity is doing good, your family thing. All that stuff affects the world more than anything. Are you with me? Are you with me? Cool. Uh, Lester Sumrall and Brother Hagen were alive during World War II. They didn't really talk about World War II. Now, I'm not that familiar with Lester Summerall, but I know Brother Hagin. He hardly ever talked about stuff like that. I think he said there was a, a God told him a, a healing revival that would come at the end of World War II. But other than that, no. He's too busy doing the will of God. <laughs> He's too busy hearing from God an incredible message and running around preaching it. And in the meantime, believing that he's got pants to wear. His pants even got stolen. He's preaching prosperity during the Depression. <laughs> and he's preaching healing, even though he just got off the bed of affliction and almost died. Yeah. He's driving around in one of them old cars. And brother, that's when you're really driving, isn't it? Yeah. There's a giant steering wheel, no power, nothing. Hope that there's a gas station somewhere, Right? He's really traveling. He's just there doing the will of God. Amen. I don't know how many people even knew what he's doing. But God said, you just be faithful. Preach what I told you to preach. Do what I told you to do. You're going to have to believe God for healing and finances to do it too, or you're not going to be alive to do it. Yeah. And you got to have money put in your gas tank. Right. Yeah. You pay attention to what I told you to do. You look up your scriptures. You find out what you're called to do. Lift them up to me till they lift you up and you'll be on your way to do what I told you to do. Amen. And he did what he was called to do. And then God's like, oh, good. He took the measure of the God kind of faith in his heart. He obeyed me and 
the measure of the God kind of faith, which all of us have. He hath dealt unto every man a measure of the God kind of faith. It makes plutonium look like a, a rubber band that you would shoot. It is the, the power and the forces that create the universe. It's right here. Anytime you do anything based on what God told you to do, that is ripples of obedience. We looked at that woman with the two mites that gave two mites. Oh, if you don't think she's still making ripples today. Hallelujah. So Brother Hagin did all that, and he's just doing his stuff. And you come on, yes, him Hey. And also what he's doing looked contrary to what a lot of other preachers were doing. And what the world was doing, and what the news said had to. He said, driving his car. But you know what? That measure of the God kind of faith was acted upon. I believe you told me to do this. If he told you to bake pies, then bake pies. Hey, Peter bakes pies. <laughs> Hallelujah. If he told you to make quilts, I talked to this one lady, well, God told me to make quilts. And then I go, oh, that's great. She goes, that's not much. I'm like, you know what it is? If he told you, and she goes, yeah, and then I pray over him taking to the sick. I'm like, wow, that's amazing, right? How'd you like to have a quilt healing store or a healing quilt store? You know what I mean? Do it. Hallelujah. And so God's like, oh, I'm so glad he's listening to me, doing the measure of the God kind of faith, just what I told him to do, no matter how odd it looks around him. I'm so glad he's doing that. And he's also having to believe God to stay alive and have prosperity too, and then his families are peace in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as he continues on towards the last part of his life, I will take that and magnify it and amplify it. Hallelujah. Your best days are not behind you. They're up ahead. You look at the world. You look at the world, and their zenith days are when they're 19 or 20. But no way, dude. If you're a Christian, your best days are up ahead because he looks at faithfulness, and then he brings a return and great blessing on that. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And so um, also there's these two guys. Um, Jesus, he finished, he did the will of God. Aren't you glad he did? He did it under Roman tyranny and the Roman Empire. <laughs> We're, we live in a country that's 200 years old. He lived under an empire that's 1,000 years old. Yet he got everything done. Yes. Come on. And he did not depend on the government to do it. Um, he was also under religious tyranny. Because <laughs> really, it was the scribes and Pharisees that screwed, that um, stirred the people up to crucify him. Because the Roman leadership was like, should we let him go? And they're like, no! Okay, fine, thanks. <laughs> Jesus was under Roman tyranny of an empire and also religious tyranny. Yet he finished his course. Yeah. He did not look to any of those realms to do what he was called to do. Amen. Are you with me? There was this other guy named Paul. And Paul, he lived under uh, Roman tyranny. <laughs> an empire, right? He lived under an empire and religious tyranny. Yet he said, I finished my course. Hallelujah. If they can, guess who else can? We can, exactly. And you know what? You should want to live this way because otherwise you're going to be bummed out all the time. You'll be bummed out, broke, sick, and just holding on for a new, uh, a new series from Netflix. <laughs> and even that will go because you can't play, pay your Netflix bill, and nobody can cancel Netflix. It's amazing. 
I have to use my faith, the authority of the believer, and possibly hire a hitman to cancel Netflix. So here we go. This can be interesting. Pastor can clean it up if I mess up something. That's always encouraging, isn't it? Here we go. How is Israel and Palestine, that conflict, going to help keep your trick knee from breaking again? How is focusing on the Israeli-Palestine conflict going to keep your stomach from being upset or your hiatal hernia from acting up again? Guess what? It's not. I'm not saying that there are certain, aren't certain ways we pray about that. But if God's trying to deal with you to start speaking scriptures over your knee, but you are able to get drunk with the cares of this world to numb that and deceive yourself into thinking, well, if I'm irate about that, that's righteous indignation and I'm doing something. That's not. That's, it's, first of all, you get riled up about anything. If you get riled up about the way people drive, like on that road I'm driving here, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> 30 and 35. What does that mean? A runner? Oh my gosh, we have runners in California. This guy's running, and it's like an open plane where I was driving, and I'm ready to make There he is right there, and I'm like, okay, dude, seriously? And he's like, hey. I'm like, hey, you're lucky you're not roadkill. Okay, so... <laughs> I mean, he's like, I don't want to break my stride. Oh, do you? Or break your legs. Anyway, so... <laughs> this is what I'm talking about here. Are you... <laughs> you get riled up like that. Not good. I had to repent on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> not supposed to get riled up. Love takes no account of a suffered offense. You know what I mean? It's not rude, man. Uh, it's not angry. You know what I mean? Righteous indignation. Uh, even so, don't let the sun go down in your wrath. <laughs> and is it righteous indignation? Or is it your flesh going, we're doing something over here. Anytime you get, it's going to turn into doubt, unbelief, depression, and fear. Are you with me? Where was I? I was just there, and someone was preaching, and they said, they're might have been, I don't know who, Brother Moore, uh, talking about how, it was him, that um, uh, he was in a service, and, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if he made an altar call, and there were 50 people there, and one person came forward. And uh, he, he's like, well, Lord, there's only one. And uh, the Lord said, do you know what my Bible says about one? My Bible doesn't say, oh, heaven's depressed and bummed out because 49 said, forget you. He said, no, 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 no. Heaven goes crazy rejoicing over the one. Come on, amen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. See how wonky that gets? Amen. Yes. Don't worry about the world right now. And if you are serious about changing nations, come to prayer tonight and we'll go down the throat of it. <laughs> yeah. We will. Come on. But guess what? Even in praying this way, you won't get bummed out. Are you ready for this? You will not get bummed out or angry. You'll keep going on your way. Hallelujah. And so, uh, <laughs> how 
is President Joe Biden's is is President Joe Biden's policies gonna affect you buying bacon? <laughs> yeah, here we go. We keep going. We keep going. It's so quiet. <laughs> I can go another way. Really, it was tearing up Jack. Brother Moore goes, God is not a Democrat. And the whole church goes crazy. <laughs> he waits for him to calm down, give him enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> and then he goes, and God's not a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. Then he goes, God's not an American either. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If we're lucky he's still alive. Here's another one. How is prayer, I'll say it again, how is prayer in or out of school going to affect your kids? So, here's the deal. We don't look, I do not look to the government to tell me whether or not I'm going to do the will of God. I do not look to the government to facilitate the will of God for my life. I do pray for the government. Are you kidding me right now? We're going to talk about it tonight. I pray for leaders and those who stand in places of authority. And I'll do you one better. I give thanks for them whether I like it or not. Right. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God who desires all men to get saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This prayer causes people to get saved. And also, we'll have a peaceable and a godly life in all reverence and honesty. And people come to the knowledge of the truth. See, when you pray, that's a scriptural prayer, First Timothy 2, 1 through 4. When you go through that doorway, you're going to handle things right. And your attitude's going to stay correct. And it'll keep you safe from the noose, from the snare of the world and its ideas. And you will just go on with God. That's another scripture, isn't it? I looked up, First Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Then I lifted it up, and brother, it lifted me up above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, in every name, both now and in the age that's to come. There's another doorway, Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, and dumps me into another powerful doorway. I can go, I lift it up so high that I go into the mindset of the Lord of the harvest in Matthew 9. And I'm like, we're going to send laborers here, and we're going to send laborers here. Hey, 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 I'm getting cold chills because I'm so edified. I'm not buried under the news. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to say this a little bit here. So like I, I pray, I, anytime I start praying out for the nations, the Lord's like, <clears throat> you haven't prayed a scriptural prayer yet. I'm like, God, I know what to pray. <clears throat> you always said you'd start with a scriptural prayer. All right. The more dialogues we have, right? <laughs> so start with the Ephesians prayer. I don't know nothing about Israel. You know what I mean? I know that when they talk, it sounds like a sinus straightening, like, I'm like, are you all right? Do you need the Heimlich maneuver? I don't know. <laughs> We're eating schmeckerlackamecca. Okay, great. I don't know about it. I don't have to know about it. Right? But I'm praying the Ephesians prayer, and all of a sudden I'm like, this is how I'm out of it. Gaza! Gaza! I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Is that a perfume? Anyway, so like years ago, I ran into Gaza. 
And then I ran into something else just out of my mouth. Golan Heights. I'm like, now that sounds like a cereal. That's probably Golden Grams. Do you understand what I'm saying here? The Holy Ghost says, just pray the word in the spirit. Trust me and I'll take you into events before they happen. I'll take you into nations before they happen. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits will just pop up in your life. If you really mean business to help the nations. Or are you just... Um, medicating yourself bob talks about being drunk with the cares of the world are you medicating yourself with well i'm doing a good thing because you know i'm watching about israel and i'm watching about you know these things here look at my face <laughs> no you're not hallelujah find your scriptures believe god believe god for your finances your healing what he called you to do and then when it comes time to pray for the nations not only will you be effectual the same measure of faith you've learned to use in your own personal life you can use in governments hallelujah are you with me during covid we talked to some of the missionaries and they were ecstatic they said like the missionaries from africa go this is awesome. Finally, Americans have to believe God for their healings. We've been over here in Africa believing against Ebola and that our eyeballs don't bleed. Are you with me? Uh, let's see here. We called missionaries during the elections. And they said, well, what about so-and-so getting in office? What do you think about that? I'm talking about American missionaries. What about so-and-so getting in the office? What do you think? And that missionary said, well, that'd be nice, but... As a missionary, we learned a long time ago, you just do the will of God, and God will cause you to be able to do no matter what the government's doing. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And he told us all, go ye. Yes. Even if it's go ye into, you know, studying the bad girls of the Bible and preaching it. <laughs> Even if it's go ye to Perkins, where we met Marla. Yes. Go ye! You don't have to look to the government to tell you what you can and can't do. Now, I understand that in a democracy, the gospel is quite easy to be proliferated. But you know where the gospel really moves the best? When you're in obedience and just doing what God told you to do. Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. I think it's Ephesians that says that now that the church might be making known to the principalities and the powers, the plans and purposes of God. You get into what God called you to do and they'll just back up and get out of your way. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Mark Garber said, it seems like there's a lot of steam Christians are getting involved in all this side stuff because they don't like being moved out of their comfort zone to believe God. Hallelujah. Um, uh, the Lord said to me one time, I was getting all hyped up about the election. He goes, what are you going to do if your candidate does win? What are you going to do? All right. Get up the next morning and do everything I did the same day before. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got hauled into the hospital um, about three years ago, and uh, boy, they gave me a bad diagnosis. And I'm like, oh, brother, I got to get on it, man. Because God had been dealing with me years before. Start speaking your healing scriptures now. Start speaking your healing scriptures. And the, chem and the, and the um, functions of your body won't start shutting down. Uh, especially as you age, you know. Start speaking the word of God. Start speaking the word of God of your finances now. Just start saying it. You don't got to figure it out. Just say, my God supplies all my needs, right? Hallelujah. I'm blessed with believing Abraham. I'm Just start. And so I'm driving to the doctor, you know, and, uh, and I go, oh, I forgot to spend time with doing that this morning. Oh, no. And the Lord's like, Dana, just go to the doctor. He goes, uh, this didn't just happen yesterday. He said, this happened, and I've been trying to tell you to get, you know, get yourself in the word so that this wouldn't happen. Hallelujah. 
And uh, he goes, just go to the doctor now, but get into the word. Hallelujah. Get into the word. And that's what I'm telling you. Get your needs covered by what God would tell you to cover. And you don't got to think about what's going on in the world. And if you do, you will actually help the world, not hurt it. Are you with me? I want to talk very quickly about healing here. So with regard to healing, um, just a few things here. Uh, we're doing healing school now. And um, uh, uh, we run into all different kinds of things here. Number one, you find scriptures about being healed, right? Uh, I talked to this one lady. I said, what scripture are you standing on? She goes, the stripey one. I go, I don't know what that means. And it sounds like clown pants. So she's probably talking about 1 Peter 2.24. Find your scripture for healing, okay? Look it up. Then start lifting it up. Let it lift you up. All of a sudden, peace and joy comes, and the symptoms will change. But even if they don't change, you're not a symptom checker. You're a God checker. Amen. You're not a symptom checker. You're a fact checker. What's the facts is that he paid for your healing. Are you with me here? But once you do that, I was talking with her, um, bulletin board Betty, um, that... <clears throat> Once you put that up there, she was talking about once I start to believe God, I want to stay present every day with that, to work it every day, to look at what my next step might be. So we're not just confessing the word and then just doing whatever. We're listening and looking to walk it out. And so that's what you got to do. Many misconceptions regarding healing. We have one person that came up to me, and we were telling, just stand on the word, you know, trust God. And she said to me, she goes, well, uh, my former pastor told me not to go to the doctor. I'm like, okay. Well, Luke was a doctor, and he also wrote the, he wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. If God was against him, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't let him do that. And that doctor's not your source anyway. He just might tell you some stuff, all right? Amen. Hallelujah. It can be an act of fear not to go to the doctor. It can be an act of faith to go to the doctor. Hallelujah. He's not your source. Hallelujah. When people think of Brother Hagin, they just think he was suddenly raised up. No, he's reading the Bible. Two passages of scripture jumped out at him, and he kept meditating, laying in the bed, paralyzed, incurable blood disease at 16. Kept meditating on the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures. One day an unction said, well, people ought to be up at, at 9 a.m. Pulled himself up. He didn't know what was going to happen. Anointing hit him. Suddenly he was able to stand upright, and he was healed. He still looked like a Halloween decoration, though. He looked like a skeleton. Walks in, sees his grandpa. His grandpa goes, well, are the dead raised up? Wow, thanks, grandpa. <laughs> he didn't look good, but he was healed. Amen. From there, he starts walking to school. People start giving him a ride. Hey, you want a ride? You look terrible. Can you believe him? He goes, all right, I am really tired. Gets in there, starts to get sick again. He's like, God, why am I, why am I, why am I getting, I'm going backwards. I was healed. The Lord said, well, you keep accepting rides from people, and when, and when you get in that car, you say, well, I am tired. He goes, don't do that anymore. And Brother Hagin's like, okay, all right. So from now on, when they wanted to ride, you just look terrible. Well, I believe I'm healed. Boy, he'd just start preaching at them, and they'd leave him alone. <laughs> then after that, he went to go get a job, pulling peach trees out of the ground. <laughs> it's pretty hard work, I heard. <laughs> and so here he is. He probably still looks like a skeleton, because he's walking out his healing. Well, it's not, well, if it's not instant. I'm so tired of that. <laughs> I don't argue with people anymore about instant. Well, if it's instant, then you leave no place for the gifts of healings, do you? Amen. Or the walk of faith. Yes. And if it's instant, that's you believe, Amen. that's fine. Amen. 
but I'm going to help other people that are willing to walk it out, and sometimes it's instant, and sometimes, you know, you're walking it out. Amen. I'm not going to get hung up Amen. on is it instant or not. Amen. That's being hung up on the manifestation rather than the word. And so, uh, so he goes to, he's still, he's still a kid. You know what he's walking is healing out. So now he's with these big guys. And they're going to go, they get up before dawn and they go pull peach trees out of the ground. And so they get there and he said, he's like, I feel like, I feel so weak. I feel so weak. Well, why you feel weak, Brother Hagin? You got healed. He's walking it out. Dude, every day he's walk by faith. Are you with me? He don't feel strong because I keep my confession going and I'd go with these guys early before the sun came up, big guys. And they would go, you know what? You're not going to last at all. He goes, oh, I'll last. Because see, he's strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. And by speaking this scripture, he has tapped into a strength that's much greater than his own. Even though he looks like a Halloween decoration, like a skeleton. Thank God we don't look at what it looks like, do we? We don't look at what it feels like. And so he rides there and before dawn, and he goes, then we'd all start, you reach down, man, you got to pull a peach tree out. You look at that row, my goodness. And that's when you really worked from sun up to sundown. He goes, I just felt like I'm going to fall over. He goes, I reach over, grab that first peach tree, and as I grab that first peach tree, the strength of God hit me, and I'd pull those peach trees in that strength all day long. He goes, then I get back in the truck, feel like I'm going to fall over. <laughs> but he's living by faith. He even sold those guys. He goes, I'll be here after all you. And he was. One by one, those big guys just dropped like flies. And he ended up outlasting them all and getting that job. Hallelujah. Things didn't end there. there was, later on in his life, um, uh, the uh, voice came to him and says, uh, I'm going to kill you. It's time for you to die now. The devil trying to act like it was God. Because uh, the Bible says it's appointed unto man to die. He's like, well, I got healed. I, I, well, that's a scripture. It's appointed unto man to die. I guess I'm going to die. And um, so he just sat there waiting to die. And then all of a sudden, something on the inside of him rose up and said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. He's like, what was that? And then finally he's like, who said that stuff? And he realized a scripture that comes up on the inside, a scripture that puts more light in you uh, is God. But a scripture broken or any thoughts that put the light out is not God. And so he was strengthened to live another day. Hallelujah. Again, alarming uh, symptoms again around the, and this story's in the book, The Believer's Authority. Alarming symptoms when he's in the ministry now. Uh, and uh, so he just, he said, I just wrestled with that thing for about three weeks, speaking the word of God. Didn't tell anyone what was going on. Alarming symptoms again, his heart again. It's called a counterattack. It's called a counterattack. Never think that the devil's just going to let you walk away. You see, and if it's instant, you better know the word of God because if you don't, he'll take it from you. But if you got it by faith, you'll keep it by faith. Benny Hinn called Brother Hagin and said the miracles the people were getting, they're losing them. And Brother Hagin said, well, you get Lester Summerall in there to teach on faith in the mornings and they'll keep them. Are you with me here? And so Brother Hagin had alarming heart symptoms again and terrible lies came to him. Yeah, you're going to die, and it's going to ruin you and the ministry and the message you're preaching. Oh, just compounding it. 
But you know, he kept standing on his scriptures, hallelujah. And one night he had a dream. And uh, him and a friend were walking on this parade ground and they turned around and there were lions. And they came running after them. And they had their fangs bared. And so they're running after them. And so they both start running. And then finally Brother Hing goes, nope, we're not gonna run. I'm not going to run. I can't outrun them. And so he tur he's turned around to face the lions. You ever seen a lion? <laughs> you ever see them running after you with their teeth bared? Eating machine. They're not going to knock you out before they eat you. They're just going to start eating you. Yeah. <laughs> Muscles rippling. Here they come. Brother Higgins said, I turned. And he goes, my knees were knocking. He felt so afraid. But that doesn't mean you are afraid, does it? He felt terrible, afraid, oh my goodness. But he's got the name of Jesus. And so he just goes like this. In the name of Jesus, you can't hurt me. Those lions came up and then they just stopped, sniffed around his ankles and frolicked away like two kittens. At that moment, he woke up. He was gloriously healed. Hallelujah. But we live by faith. So it's a process. Uh, all this trip, all this trip. I kept hearing of different ministers, Brother Copeland, Mrs. Moore, uh, Haley Schurz, all of them talk about incredible things they're walking through regarding their healing. Feel like they're going to die. Looks like they're going to die, but I made myself get up and get on the treadmill for just a few minutes because by God, I believe I'm healed. Are you with me here? Lonnie, his hands start acting weird. My husband. And uh, his family has arthritis. Pastor, I'm going over a little bit. <laughs> or, or what do you <laughs> Okay. Um, and so uh, he, his hands started hurting him, and he's installing glass. Okay? He's installing glass, and it's just getting worse and worse. And here comes the fear, too. Your family, arthritis, arthritis. And so he starts speaking the word. And he said, I found, as I was, uh, he started speaking the word, he goes, my hand just started getting worse and worse, and it hurt bad. And he goes, and then I found myself adjusting my gait to compensate for that, which made the rest of my body start being weird. And then he said, uh, I, I noticed also that the way I was holding my knife was different, and it's much, much weaker. And so every one of these things is an act that he's doing to compensate for this pain, not to mention he's being bullied in his brain. Your family had arthritis, so do you. And he goes, he's like, oh, man, I got to get in the Word. <laughs> and he is in the Word. He reads the Bible all the time. I got to look up my scripture. I got to look up my scripture and I got to lift it up until peace and joy comes up on the inside. And I got to keep working that word. And so he began to speak the word. Hallelujah. And so one day he said he was working and he's compensating all over his body like that. And that lie, you're going to have arthritis. And he said, you know what? I'm tired of this. See, this boldness will rise up on the inside of you too. A, a faith that is greater than your own rises up to help you to do what you need to do. And he said, I grabbed that knife and I said, I'm going to pull this knife like I always do and I don't care if my arms fall off. That's what I'm going to do. See, the Lord gave him that grace to do that. The Word did it, Word and Spirit. He goes, I pulled that knife and didn't compensate in any way. He goes, and my arm felt like it was on fire. He goes, by the time that knife came across, my arm was fine. Hallelujah. My hand was fine. Hallelujah. You know, the devil's going back up well. 
I'll wait for a later time. Yeah, well, you wait all you want. Hallelujah. Because I got it by faith. I can keep it by faith. I can live another day to preach the gospel and get someone saved. Are you with me here? My mind, because I do jokes. <laughs> you know, my sense of humor. And the punchline's really important. Uh, if, if I start missing that punchline, man, it's a bummer. And so I thought, you know what? I need to start speaking over my mind. Well, you're older. You're older, and everybody starts kind of losing their mind. You lose your memory. There, there, there. <laughs> you poor thing. Boy, sympathy would kill you, right? You poor thing. It's just because you're getting older. I'm like, hey, uh, maybe it is because I'm getting older. Oh. I would be very careful any thought that comes to you. Well, because you're older. No. My strength is renewed day by day, and as long as I tap into it. Brother Copeland's hair is still brown. Yeah. <laughs> I sat right two rows behind him. And brother, his hair is brown as brown. My hair has color in it. If I wash the color out, I look like Colonel Sanders. His hair is brown because he's believing God like a wild animal. His strength is renewed, his youth, and his hair color. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so anyway... Um, I just started saying, I got the mind of Christ. I got the mind of Christ. I got the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Boom. My punchlines just start coming back. Are you with me here? Yes. Don't let them slime ball something over on you. Are you with me here? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll look at this very quickly here. Um, I'll read this to you. Look up and lift up. This is what John Lake said. John Lake did have miracle signs and wonders. Uh, he's a minister. But John Lake also believed in the life of God in his body. He believed in the life of God in his body. And he lived during the bubonic plague days. And so what he did was he started believing God. He didn't rely on his gifting. Him and another guy that was helping him started to help bury the dead. Because nobody can. Or they'll die. They'll get that bubonic plague. And so the, even the, the people that they had set up to bring in healing, the doctors and everything, to help with the bubonic plague, they came to talk to him because he ain't dying. Him and his friend aren't dying. So his friend, there's no way, I don't think his friend had the power gifts. And you can't rely on the power gifts because you don't know when they're going to fire. So this is what he said. When they came to ask him, why aren't you dying? He said, during the great plague, I mentioned, they sent government ship with supplies and corps of doctors. One of the doctors sent for me and said, what have you been doing to protect yourself? Our corps has this preventative, which we use as protection, but we concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as you have and keep ministering, see this? <laughs> it's about not just us existing, but another day to preach the gospel to somebody so they don't go tumbling off into hell. Are you with me here? Amen. You don't have a right to die early. <laughs> Glory to God. We concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as long as you and keep ministering to the sick, burying the dead, you must have a secret. What is it? See, they're going to ask you that if you'll believe God. I answered, brother, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He said, I believe just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God... Like what you're saying, day by day, 
Keep in contact with that scripture I'm believing. Keep in contact with the vision on the vision board. What do you got for me today, Lord, to walk one step closer to it? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just starting off to believe, but you are present in the actual event. Hallelujah. I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, that no germ will ever attach itself to me, for the spirit of God will kill it. He asked, don't you think you'd better use our preventatives? I replied, no. I think you would like to experiment. He's totally weird. He wants him to experiment on him. <laughs> if you will go over to one of these dead people and take the foam that comes out of their lungs after death, then put it under the microscope, you will see masses of living germs. You'll find that they're alive until a reasonable time after the man's dead. You can fill my hand with them, and I'll keep it under the microscope, and instead of the germs remaining alive, they will die instantly. They tried it and found it was true. They go, what is that? He replied, it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When a man's spirit and body are filled with the blessed presence of God, it oozes out of the pores of your flesh and kills germs. You guys okay? Is something going on? <laughs> when we keep our heart alive to God, instead of absorbing death and sickness around us, our body's posture changes and the life of God comes, oozes through our pores, making a cloud that walks around us and we don't experience what everyone else does. It kills the germs. Suppose, on the other hand, I had been under the law of death and I was in fear and darkness. The very opposite would have been true. The result would have been my body would have absorbed all these germs and generated disease and I would have died. You who are sick, put yourself in contact with God's law of life. So you see this also? If we get hooked up with what the world's talking about and afraid and, and concerned and angry about all that, that's its atmosphere trying to come into us. But no, we're going to keep believing God for our finances, for our kids, uh, for our health, and for what he called us to do. We touch the law of the spirit of life, and it repels all that, and we're able to do what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. One more little thing here. Hallelujah. He says, in Christ, we talked about look up and lift up. Look up your scriptures. Speak your scriptures. Lift them up to God till it lifts you up. Amen? And this is what he said too. In Christ Jesus, there is a law that lifts you up. Just as the natural, there's a law of death that pulls you down, Christianity and salvation are the conscious taking of yourself out of the law of death and putting yourself out of that law of death into a conscious control of the law of life. Hallelujah. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Amen. I'm not under the law, and neither are you if we stay under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And we make sure we're functioning by heaven's rules. Amen. Amen. So you're going to find your scriptures, right? <clears throat> you're going to lift your scriptures up, right? Till peace and joy lifts you up, right? Amen. You're going to write down what he tells you. Pastor said that too. And you're going to get a vision board. And you're going to stick stuff up there. Hallelujah. And day by day, you should do this. Spend time with God about 15 to 30 minutes a day just speaking those scriptures. It'll change your countenance. It'll change your body. And all of a sudden, you'll be walking it out, and your redemption will come near you. You won't have to fight to find your redemption, your redemptive realities, and your answers. They come to you. Hallelujah. And you will be a great blessing to the earth and help quell the nations in their turmoil. Are you with me here? Yeah. 
Glory to God. Let's give him a shout. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we magnify the name of Jesus. We thank you. You didn't just leave us here. First of all, you gave us a helper. Hallelujah. You gave us the word of God. And then you gave us revelation knowledge. My father, to finish this thing up, it is not a dark day. It is a glorious day. Hallelujah. Stay strong in the word and in the spirit. And in doing so, you will, as Miss Joyce sing, first things first. Hallelujah. First things first. And then everything else will line up. You will help men's hearts that are failing them for fear. And you from this risen place will be able to quell the nations, calm the nations, even seed the clouds with the rain of my spirit. When the news says something bad, you will send clouds over to nations that say, no way. <laughs> the government says no way, but oh no. I can send a cloud over there, and it'll do what I say. When the government say no way, hallelujah, the word in the spirit, hallelujah, remind me, I know the way. <laughs> it's a person. And so shall it to come pathway day, and so shall it fulfill the will of God in your life. So shall you live a blessed, joyous, powerful life. And so shall you win the lost, hallelujah, delivering them from their daily strife. And so shall you help me reap the nations for eternal life. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? If you do, give him a shout. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> so come tonight, yeah? Yeah.